Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me is Pado. Welcome, Pado. Thanks, Dano. Great to be here for another week. Hope we all had a decent week over the weekend. We'll start off with the injuries, Pado. What are some of the major injuries that came out of round four for Supercoach that we really need to address? Yeah, there were a few Supercoach-relevant injuries over the weekend. First one that happened was Isaac Heaney. Not in too many teams, but he's broken his hand, so that's not good for any owners. Taylor Adams also had a serious knee injury. Looks like he'll miss at least two months, maybe even three. Not a good one for any Taylor Adams fans. Yep, Stephen May copped in a stray elbow to the eye socket. Got a fractured eye socket, and he looks to be out for about a month. Um, Tommy Hawkins, though, I don't think will get suspended for that because it just looked like a complete accident. Now, nah, freak injury, but uh, tell you what, he posted a photo from his hospital bed and it's a nasty one. Yeah, it looks like a balloon in his eye. The other one that might be a little bit more super coach relevant is Zach Butters. Now, we haven't been super high on Zach Butters as a trading option, but he's done his ankle and he'll be out for six weeks. So if you did jump on Zach Butters, it's time to jump back off again, unfortunately. Yeah, six weeks is too long. you gotta got to get off there. Um, but your big POD, your Mr. Consistency, Shannon Hearn, did his calf on the weekend and he looks like he's going to be at least four weeks out as well. Pato, how do you feel about that one? These calves, they're not good. Same with Basher Hawley last year and the year before. Same thing. As soon as you get to those early 30s, these calves are real bad. And he'll miss at least four. I reckon that could even be closer to a couple of months. They're not going to risk bringing him back unless they lose a few games in a row. But they won't take any any risks with Shannon Hurd. So he could miss six to eight weeks even. Well, they do have a carbon copy version of him that came across from the Brisbane Lions, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Uh, the last one, Lukey McDonald, he only just came back. We keep on talking about how or if he's going to impact on Jack Siebel's scoring. He looks like he's out with a pectoral and an unknown return date. Yeah, I um, am, in hindsight, very annoyed I didn't start with Jack Siebel. If I knew Luke McDonald was going to miss this much footy to start the year... I would have locked Jack Siebel in, locked and loaded, but we can't get them all, Dano. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing in this game. Anyway, some concerning scores from the weekend. Braden Campbell, got a 51. He's 258,000. His break-even's now increasing a bit, 71 break-even. Do we trade him or not? I'm going to say for the moment there's probably more concerning things other than Braden Campbell and he's got the potential to pop out of 100 at any moment like we said last time and then the week after he popped out of 100 what are your thoughts on that one Pato yeah I mean if you've got no other issues Braden Campbell would be a good little downgrade option but as you said I agree he's he's one good score away from making even more cash for us so he's still in that pretty good roll off half back he'll, he'll still lock down every now and then and he's a young kid, so he's going to be a bit of the roller coaster score wise. But as you said, he's 100 away from price increase again. Caleb Daniels, another one. Now he's going to look freaking ridiculously delicious in just over a month's time. 
Got a 19 on the weekend. He was actually on 20. He got scaled down to 19. He's been suspended, I think, for one week off the top of my head. Uh, he's going to be hella cheap soon. He's got a ridiculous break even. Uh, projected to pretty much get down to about 400,000 by round six. Might even drop by more. Probably going to be round seven or eight, I'd say, uh, because he misses that week. But he's one that if you have him, it's shit. But if you don't have him, you're looking at a quite a good upgrade uh, when he starts to get going again. Yeah, absolutely agree. Now, I actually finished my defense over the weekend, barring injuries, of course. So Caleb Daniels, probably not on my radar unless they get an injury, touch wood. But I'd be licking my lips if I had any spots in my defense because Caleb Daniel with a score of 20, he'll bottom out pretty cheaply in a few weeks and beautiful upgrade target. Another concerning one over the weekend was Dane Zorko. Now, we've, we've spoken about him quite a lot on the podcast. A bit up and down. So he had that big score last week, but he's popped out another 70 this week. Now, this can be directly attributed to his five free kicks against, and he had 12 clangers, but he still had plenty of the ball. I wouldn't be too concerned if you own him, but just like with Caleb Daniel, if you're a non-owner, I'd be licking my lips because he might get down a bit in price. He's still got that score from last week in his... Uh, in his rolling average, but his role's fine. We've just got to make sure that we get him at the right time price-wise. Yeah, well, I've already got him, so <laughs> I wish I hadn't now, um, just so that I can get him a bit cheaper. But uh, Zorko, Zorko, he's great. He'll bounce back. Uh, but people that don't have him, yeah, just expect that price drop soon. Um, it's going to be hard to predict when he's actually going to be at his lowest uh, because as soon as he cleans up his freeze against it, his clangers, he pumps out like 140s. Lockie Neal, though, again, another concerning score. 85. He's dropped an incredible amount already, and he's still got a like a what a 168 break even. Carrying this injury, Fagan keeps saying that he's getting better each week with handling it. I still reckon playing an injured Neil probably isn't the best idea, but they're doing it anyway. And it's good for non-Neil owners because once he starts showing form, he's going to be one of my first upgrade targets, 100%. Yeah, the concerning one for me is, is when Fagan says that he's learning how to manage it, that means it's not actually getting better. He's just getting better at dealing with the injury while playing. I am very concerned with the rigors of week-to-week footy. If he's not missing any time... It might not get better. So he may not get to his 140s, 150s like he was last year that made him such a good super coach player. I'm not sure that he will be a good option, but obviously I'll wait and see with such a gun like Lockie Neal. One that I've been eyeing off, and I've put it on Twitter that I'm eyeing him off. I'm on Gaff Watch. He got a 78 on the weekend. I reckon he needs Shuey to score well. Last year when um, he played in the guts, though, Gaff was just pumping out mega scores. But, yeah, I, I believe that he needs some big-bodied midfielder in there to help him out. Shuey's not there. So I'm going to keep watching Gaff until he starts showing some form. But his price is going to plummet immensely. Another one that's price could potentially plummet, but he's only got the one score in his rolling three-week average so far, is Rowan Marshall. Came back from injury, got a 50 won't surprise me if he starts pumping out in the 100s soon. He hasn't been playing. So keep an eye on Marshall. He might have to be a quicker upgrade target because as soon as he pumps out the 100s, yeah, you're, you're not going to get a 
much of a price fall out of him. He'll start going back up to his normal price again. Yeah, he's not going to come up against one of the better ruckmen in the comp every week in Nick Nat Nui. Pretty tough to come back from a long layoff against big Nick Nat. But yeah, one to keep an eye on. I think he'll pump out some good scores if he can keep up a pretty solid ruck rotation with Paddy Ryder. They're using Jake Carlisle at the moment. He's not going to stay in the ruck. Um, Paddy Ryder is probably one or two weeks away from coming back. So just watch this space in terms of how, how much he actually rucks and plays forward. Next one is Jack Lukosius. Now, Dano, you brought him in a couple of weeks ago. He hasn't been good since then. We were big on him. I'm still big on him. I, I really like him as a player. He's just changed his role a little bit more. He was floating back off that wing a couple of weeks ago, but Sam Day went down. And since Sam Day went down, Jack Lukosius is floating forward off that wing. So playing more of a half forward role rather than floating back where he's getting those intercept marks and getting all those cheap kicks. I wouldn't panic too much. Sam Day's not close to returning, but see if he can work it out. I, he hasn't played forward at all. So if you own him like you do, Dano, don't stress too much. and We'll just see what he does. Yeah, for those non-locations owners, which there are heaps of them because he's a big POD, um, he's actually starting to drop in price again because of these two low scores. So as soon as he works out how to play that link man role from wing to the forward line, you're going to see his scores go back up again, I reckon. And hopefully they give him a bit more of the ball so he can... He's usually pretty good by foot, but the last two weeks, he's actually been in panic mode and just brushed kicks and whatnot. And he's 75% plus disposal efficiency. He's gone down to the 50% range. So it's very unlucocious like and I expect his efficiency to go up again and he kick a bit more once he's used to this role. Now, you mentioned Steel side bottom in earlier weeks as a potential upgrade target. He's still not performing. Got a 79 on the weekend. More injury woes for Collingwood. I don't know whether that means that they're going to rely on him a bit more and he's actually going to play in the guts full time because he has been going up forward a fair bit with Taylor Adams going down. So... Maybe we start seeing the best out of steel side bottom in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with his role too much. He's still getting 30 touches. But as you said, with Taylor Adams going down, they're not going to throw a kid like Finlay McRae into the midfield if he plays this weekend. So they're going to have to look at steel side bottom. Nathan Buckley made some interesting comments in his press conference, something along the lines of they've got to work out a team that is going to be our future rather than relying on the guys that they know aren't performing. So we'll see if Buckley goes back to side bottom and Penabry in those guts. But in their early 30s, that's not the Collingwood's future. We may even get a nice little cash cow to play in the guts in the coming weeks. So we'll watch this space with Collingwood. And we'll see what Nathan Buckley does for us. Another one that's not really performing that well is our boy Josh Kelly of the Giants. Got a 90 on the weekend. And to be honest, that's a little bit overinflated because he got those, what, two late goals? He's not attending many set of bounces, but we kind of knew that when Cornelio went down, we knew that Ward was going to go into the guts. I thought Kelly would play a bit more wing with rotations through the middle. Doesn't seem to be happening. But any given moment, he could pop out a 180. I just I just have that feeling. And he's, he's still averaging in the 90s. So I think there's other concerns in people's teams than Josh Kelly. And I reckon just hold off on him. His lowest score so far has been 90. So just wait it out. See what happens. Yeah, super frustrating one with Josh Kelly because it's just role-based. 
And Leon Cameron is not doing us a solid at all. We all know Josh Kelly's at his best when he's in the guts. He's obviously trying to get that class up forward so they can deliver the ball inside 50 really well. But the concerning thing is they've changed it up. They put Callum Ward back in the guts. Lockie Ash played great. Jacob Hopper's playing in the middle. They've found that midfield group and they've won a game. So I don't see Leon Cameron changing, unfortunately. But, you know, you could do worse with Josh Kelly at your M8. I know he's not pumping out those big scores, but if he does somehow change his role and get back into the guts, we might have a nice little POD towards the end of the year. But if you own Josh Kelly, I wouldn't be trading him. As I said, you could do worse at M8. Yeah, the other one was James Jordan. Now, James Jordan, I hope, isn't at risk of getting dropped. Melbourne is still undefeated, so I'd like to hope that they won't change a winning side. But he had just the four touches, 24 super coach. He had more tackles than touches, actually had five tackles. Up to 205K with a break-even of 47. I don't know if it's time to go just yet. If he loses his spot, you may have to trade him out. But if you still have playing rookies, he's probably not your biggest concern. Worst case scenario, you've got a nice little captain loophole player. But wait and see with James Jordan. My boy, Andy Brayshaw. Andy Brayshaw got a 48, got tagged again. That's two weeks of being tagged in a row where he scored low. They're tagging him over five. So whether or not he can start learning to break a tag, like Oliver broke a tag after one week. You got that one low score, then he's back again. So whether Andy Brayshaw can do that or not, it's another thing. But I think people will have other concerns if they've got Andy Brayshaw in the team. Going to focus on getting those rookies and capitalising on them to bring other primos in. And then when Andy Brayshaw learns to break a tag, you're laughing. Yeah, it was very weird that uh, that Clarko decided to tag Andy Brayshaw with Fife back in the team. Fife absolutely dominated. He had 31 touches. And we won't keep, talk about his six behinds because... I know you're probably a bit salty that you traded him out, but Brayshaw's a young kid. I don't feel like he's going to get tagged every week. And it's if anything, it's a really good learning curve for him to learn how to break a tag. But as I said, Fife is the one every week that you've got to tag in my eyes if you're going to tag a Frio player. So don't be too concerned. He'll work it out. And Brayshaw's a gun, so he'll be fine. Now, Pato, there's something that you really want to talk about right now. So I'll give it over to you. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about the defending defenders scoring this this year. We've seen a really big upward trend in defenders. Now, it's so high. I've completed my defense already, but I've got a little theory here. Now, with the midfielders, they've been a little bit up and down this year, and it looks like tagging might be coming back from coaches. Is it crazy of me, Dano, to suggest that Rory Laird, who has that defense and midfield swing, is it crazy to think that Rory Laird could be in the midfield so you can get an extra defender in who are looking at so reliable in their scoring this year? That is actually a really bloody good theory. And I think you might be onto something there. I I was toying with that during the week, actually, about putting Rory Laird into the middle and putting, like, I've still got Harry Sharp on the bench and swinging him into defence and hopefully he plays. We'll talk about that later. And um, his scoring goes up and we can upgrade him to another defender so yeah i was thinking about that but i actually didn't think as much as what you did i just thought about structure and that sort of thing for my team so i think you might be onto something pato yeah well obviously watch this space a lot of people are forgetting about Lockie whitfield who is still obviously struggling with his issue but he'll be back at some stage this year and we know he scores so well 
We could even look to do, make that move and put Rory Led in our midfield to get a guy like Jack Bowes, who is having such a good year, super coach wise. Not just super coach, he's having a great year overall for the Suns. One to watch, I reckon. Especially with that kick in percentage, Pato. Absolutely. Now we're going to talk about some monster scores from super coach relevant players. We're going to go with highest score number three for the round. Lukey Parker. He's putting the Swannies on his back. Youthful players around him. He's currently $580,000, and he got a round four score of 151. So he is one that I like the look of. Keep forgetting that he's actually not in his 30s. <laughs> you thought he might have been by now, but he's actually not. So he's one to keep an eye on. What Do you, what, do you like Parker, Pato? I love Lukey Parker as a player, but he's not as old as you think he is. He's been around for a long time, but... With this resurgent Sydney team, he might be a cheeky option. He's only in 1% of teams. So he's averaging 125 for his last three rounds and 114 overall. He's not in many teams, and you could definitely do worse with 580K. If you've got someone like Josh Kelly or Lockie Neal and you're really struggling with keeping up with these scores every week, Luke Parker would be a great option, I reckon. And another good option is the fourth highest scoring player of the round, Jack Steele from the Saints got a 150, 653,800 buckaroos. Look, when when the St Kilda's playing well, Steele scores monster. And even when they're playing shit, he still scores well. So I don't think you can really go wrong with Jack Steele at the moment. He just looks like he's a super coach relevant player. Yeah, this one hurts me because I had Jack Steele in my team all preseason, changed him up and Got Lockie Neal instead, so really hurt seeing him average 124 for the first four rounds. But Jack Steele's in 19% of teams, so you'd be laughing if you have him. He's a gun. Yeah. And now we kept talking about him struggling every week. The fifth highest scoring player for the round. The 578,000 schmackaroos. Christian Petrarca with a big 146 is the track back. Yeah, maybe he was just waiting to play against the, the Cats and and some good teams before he had these big performances. But obviously, we'll keep an eye on him. He's not cheap, but Petrarca at 146, vintage Petrarca. Yeah, Jackson McRae, equal seventh highest score of the round with a 137. Look, you can't go wrong with McRae. And we did say that he was going to be one of the captain choices of the round because he loves Mars. He loves playing at Mars, and it showed because he ended up getting the 137. Big Maxi Gorn. The D's got a 135. Pato, what do you like about Maxi? What don't I love about Maxi? He's got a fucking brilliant beard, best ruckman in the comp. <laughs> He's fucking expensive, but Maxi gone. I could make out with him. I could make out with him. Get a little pash rash from that beard. Yeah, don't tell the missus though. Well, actually, probably entwined with your beard, Pato. <laughs> <laughs> Fife is life. Equal 11th highest score of the round with a 133. Fucking kills me. Shouldn't have listened to anyone. <laughs> I, should, I, should, I should have kept him in. Fuck life. 598,000. Why don't teams tag him? Why, why the fuck are they tagging Andy Brayshaw? Tag five. Fuck you guys. Yeah, I know I know it hurts, Dano. I, I was big on trading him out because of the concussion. My brother actually traded him out as well. Shout out to Jace. How are you, mate? But Nat. Five is almost untaggable. He's that good. He's about six foot two, six foot three. Absolute monster. It's really hard to tag him. So 
teams almost think, no, nah, you can't tag him. So let's tag someone like Brayshaw. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Nat Fife doesn't keep killing it because it's so hard to own him. He's one of my favorite players in the league, probably my favorite player in the league, actually. But he doesn't get tagged because he is so big and so damaging up forward. So, yeah, that one hurts if you traded him out. Can't be that damaging with six behinds. Um, anyway, <laughs> here's a left field one for you. So he's played on the wing. Big-bodied midfielder goes down in the center. Their captain, Stephen Cornelio. This paves the way for Callan Ward to go back to his old role where he started at the Giants and scored well. He went back into the guts. Old man Ward, first game in the middle, gets a 131. He's a cheeky one to keep an eye on, in my opinion. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, Callum Ward, used to back in his day, was an absolute super coach gun, and you needed him in your team. He's not that old, though. He's 31, which isn't super old in terms of footy. It's probably just super ter- super old in terms of Leon Cameron being an absolute fucking retard in the coach's box. But if Callum Ward's going to pump out these sort of, sort of scores and stay in those guts, he's a great option. He's only 418K, as you said. I can't bring him in because then I'll have three Giants mids, but he's a good option for anyone else. I'll put my stamp on it. If he keeps playing in this guts role, in this absolute middle of the pack, he will be a great option. Clayton Oliver is another good one. He's learned how to deal with a tag after a round. He pumped out a 130, fucking on your, on your Clary. What do you reckon, Pato? Is Clary back? Is Clayton Oliver here? Is he going to punch fuckers in the face? Is he going to punch out these big scores? Yeah, we don't have to worry about too much about Clary. He's an absolute gun. Now, the one that surprises me the most, he's only in 23% of teams, which seems like a lot. But I think he is almost on that Dane Swan level of being absolute must-have in all formats of fantasy. So I'm shocked that he's not in as many teams as I thought he would be. He'll be in everyone's team by the end of the year if they're any good. Yep. The Riddler, uh, now 614,000 schmackaroos. I got a 124. He's the biggest must-have in Supercoach, in my opinion, right now. If you don't have him, get him in. Move heaven and earth to get him in. Holy fuck. Yeah, break-even of 88. So at 614K, if he keeps pumping out their scores, like there's no reason to think he won't be. He'll be up towards 700K soon enough, and he'll be almost ungettable. I've got another couple for you, Pato. This one is another giant. He's putting his team on his back now. He's been given the captaincy. And he has one of the greatest strike rates playing as a captain in the AFL, funnily enough, which is Toby Green. 489,000 schmackers. Got a 120 on the weekend. Smashed out a fuckload of goals. And he just looks like he's commanding that forward line. Is he one to lead the Giants onto finals? Is it it's early crow? early crow but is he one to charge them on to lead them on to the finals and is he a massive super coach relevant player again yeah toby green's been absolutely killing it dano his lower score is only 86 so his bottom isn't that bad only in nine percent of teams and he's got a break even of 49 so that 489k price range will get up towards 550 maybe even 600k if he keeps it up it's very Unusual to see a player do so well with the captaincy. Usually it works the other way around where it's a little bit of a burden, but Toby's an absolutely different cat and it looks like he's flourishing with this captaincy and you could do worse than bring, bring him in. Yep, yep, I agree. I'm going to skip over a few of them and just finish on Jared Lyons. Finished on 113, so it's not a huge score, but 
We keep saying are people sleeping on lines, and he's done it again. 113. He's now 601,000. So he went up 2K. I think it's safe to say now that teams are sleeping on him and that we are all sleeping on him. We are absolutely all sleeping on him. He's still only in 1% of teams. In actual fact, he hasn't dropped below 100 all season, and his highest score is 139. So he's got an average of 114. If Lockie Neal is going to keep struggling with this back injury and keep playing, I think is a great option, and he'll his price will go up. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Moving on now, let's have a look at some of the bubble boys. So for those that might not know, bubble boys just means that it's people that have played two games. Now your price starts changing after three games. So here's some options for some rookies that have played a couple of games that are about to start their price increases. First one, Alec Waterman. He's a forward in Supercoach, forward on the on the park as well. 102K. Break-even is negative 77. So that means he's projected to go up 65K just this week. With scores of 81 and 56, I think if you've got a Braden Campbell or someone that's ready to go, Alec Waterman's the, the option. I'd hold your Braden Campbell though. But yeah, Alec Waterman's, in my opinion, a must-have to get in this week. 102K, you can't get cheaper than that. And he's going to go up. I mean, minus 77. Come on, guys. Like seriously, he's averaging 68.5. Get him in. He's one of those that you got to have. My next one of the bubble boys. So the next one of the bubble boys, Chrissy Burgess, 210K. He's played two games, got 70 average, break even a minus 17. People were bringing him in because they thought he was going to be the number one ruck at the Suns. I said, no, you guys are fucking idiots. I'll probably play Caleb Graham as ruck. Lo and behold, they've got Graham in as ruck, but... Pitnet absolutely pissed and shut all over these guys. Pitnet got 56 hitouts compared to Graham's 13 and Burgess's five. So I'm pretty sure that Graham's going to keep being their number one ruck. He's 200 centimetres tall. But Burgess will still pinch hit up in the forward line and whatnot. But he's one that you can bring in, minus 17. Hopefully he scores a little bit higher so that that break even keeps dropping lower and makes you some serious dosh. Chris Burgess is back to being a forward, and he's a pretty shit forward, let's be real. So <laughs> he hit the one goal, had five hitouts, he had 54. That's really his game. He's not very good, so I wouldn't have jumped on. And if you did, bad luck. You should follow me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I didn't jump on either. Another bubble boy is Lukey Parks in defense from the Blues, 102,000. Played the two games, 37 average, though, at minus 14 break even. I don't know if this dude's going to get dropped or not. Yeah, this one's a little bit more of a risky one because he is a chance of maybe getting dropped, but he's 102,000. The break-even is kind of high for a guy that you'd be bringing in, but at 102K, all it takes is a couple of scores around 50 or 60, and that break-even will shoot down because he's so cheap. So keep an eye on his spot in this Blues team. If he can hold it, he'll make some money for us. The next bubble boy is Devin Robertson. Pretty high draft pick out of the Lions. He's, uh, he's a forward and a midfielder in Supercoach. His break-even is negative 15, but he's 176,000, which concerns me a bit because I don't think he's going to make that much coin. At that price, he'd have to be giving us 70s and 80s regularly to make good coin. He had 83 in his first game, but only 35 on the weekend. So if he doesn't get dropped, I don't think he's a very good option because he is so expensive. What do you reckon, Dano? Yeah, I just can't see him playing that many games. So I'm, I'm not going to bring him in. The next one I want to talk about is Miles Bergman. Now, he didn't play the last couple of weeks. I've still got him on my bench because I thought he's probably still a chance to come back into the team. 
He's 123,000. He's a forward only. Negative 17 break even. But the reason I want to talk about him is with these injuries to Butters and Dersma, I reckon he might come back into this team and start making money, obviously, from his first game back. So keep an eye on that one when teams drop. Yeah, that's a valid point there, Pato. A lot of people have already traded him out. So if you traded him out and he comes back in, like unless you've got someone that's scoring ridiculously well, it's kind of a wasted trade in my opinion. Next one. Big boy Archie Perkins. He's 171,000, played the two games, only averaging 43, got a break-even of 14. Likelihood of him breaking the 14 break-even average is 100% pretty much. He's going to do it. He looked good for the Bombers. He's big, he's fierce, and he fucking ran through people. And he's another one that I'm going to say, it won't be surprised if he pumps out, let's say, an 80 next week. He's just a big boy that wants to play well. He's big enough to play against the men. Uh, he's finding his feet, much like Nicky Cox was finding his feet. So won't surprise me if Perkins actually does. He's a bit of a luxury bring-in, though. But he could be a difference between making and breaking your season is bringing in big Archie Perkins. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, the only issue there is he's 171000 So he's another one of those more expensive rookies. And I just don't think he's going to make enough coin. But... He did look pretty decent, and he might just get right, just like our boy Big Coxie did. Last one, Harry Shah. Now, hear me out. He's 117,000, didn't play last round, averaging 35.5. He's got a break-even of minus two. He's still on the bubble. Something swirling at the Lions. Potentially, Harry Sharp could be brought back in. Now, we thought he might have last week at Mars Stadium, uh, given the way that he was talking in his presser. He was up and about. He sounded like he was going to play. He didn't. But Lincoln McCarthy, I think he's got a bit of a niggle or an injury there. Even Lockie Neal. They're playing the Bombers this week, and it won't surprise me if Harry Sharp gets brought in to try and run alongside the gargantuan that is Nick Cox and make him a bit more accountable on the field. So Coxie's 200 centimetres. Harry Sharp's nowhere near that. But Harry Sharp can fucking run. And he can run all day. So it won't surprise me if Harry Sharp does get brought in to play against the Bombers. So if you've got him, maybe hold off trading him just yet. See whether or not he gets named for the Lions. So the Lions play the Bombers on a Saturday night. So we will know by Friday night whether or not Harry Sharp will be named and playing. So hold off until Friday night to just see whether he is. What do you reckon, Pato? Oh, you say that like you might know something there, Dano. Oh, swirling, swirling stuff. All right, let's leave it at that. We don't want to get into trouble on Twitter again. Not after the Matty Flynn situation. Oh. Yeah, but just know for anyone not following, if we break some news, it's generally not just a rumour. Anyway, yep. Harry Sharp, they really like him down at the Lions. He's a young kid, but to throw a young kid into a team that made a prelim last year, you know the club's really high on him, so I wouldn't surprise to see me see him come back into the team. Move on to the captain's choices for the Supercoach co-captains because we're not called the Supercoach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you VC and C options just to give you a bit of a point of difference in your team. We'll start off Thursday night. 
football. St Kilda versus your Tigers. Take it away, Pato. Who you got as a VC option in this bad boy? The one that really stands out to me is Jack Steele. Richmond, as I said last week, don't tend to tag, although Travis Boak had a shocker in that first half last week. Didn't score very well in Supercoach, but I reckon Jack Steele might have a big one. Yeah, it's... I'm not... Would Richmond tag? You don't reckon they would? I mean, we don't generally tag. Round one against the Blues, Patrick Cripps absolutely killed us in the first half. It's on about 80 Supercoach to half time. Then we threw Jack Graham onto him and really nullified his impact and hasn't been the same since, really. But it's unlikely someone would have to be absolutely getting out of hand for us to throw a tag. I don't think Jack Steele is that player. Patrick Cripps is really damaging when he gets going. I don't think Jack Steele is that. Yep, fair enough. I'm going to go with the stock standard vanilla Dusty Martin. The reason why I say it is you can't keep these champion players fucking down. And Dusty's going to be like, fuck you guys. I trained here instead of Vegas. I'm going to bounce back and I'm going to pump the fucking St. Kilda tryhards. What do you reckon, Pato? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. Dusty is a champion, but only the 81 against the Saints last year. So I reckon Jack Steele actually might run with Dusty and he's shown pretty good form as a tagger in the past. So I hope he does have a big game because when he has a big game, we generally win games, but wouldn't surprise to see me if, Dusty has another low-ish game. We'll move on to the Friday night game, the Eagles versus the Pies. I kind of want to call them the Puss Pies at the moment. Um, I can because the Giants actually won a game and they won it against them. Um, so we'll start with you, Pato. Who do you have as a v, potential VC option in this one? I mean, honestly, I don't see any option from this game. Grundy would usually be the one from Collingwood, but against Nick Natanui, I don't think it's going to have that same impact. Last year against the Eagles, Brody Grundy only had the 61. So if Matt Flynn comes back into the team, Dano, is he worthy of a cheeky on-field over Grundy if you have Gorn and Grundy? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, we don't know if Matty Flynn's going to actually come back this week after the way that Mumford played. But um, look, to be honest, I'd, I'd still go with Grundy to bounce back. Um, he's a, pretty much another mid. So whether he's a VC or not, I don't know. Uh, but against the Eagles, he's probably going to get slapped silly by Nick Nat, isn't he? Yeah, it would take those wheelbarrow nuts to uh, to leave Grundy off the field. Probably not for me, but wouldn't surprise me if he had a poor game because Nick Nat's a champion. Here's the one. If you're one of the 5,000-odd coaches that own him, he's completely out of form, but maybe put the VC on a Tim Kelly. Last year, he got 150 super coach against the Magpies. In round eight. So you can score against them. Take you back, though, to his Geelong year. Back at Geelong in 2019, he scored 106 against the Magpies. So the man actually likes to play against them. So if you're one of the 5,000-odd coaches that own him, maybe chuck a cheeky VC on Tim Kelly to bounce back, especially with no shoey in the tech. Very left-field one, but I don't mind it. That's if you don't have Dom Sheed. Loves a goal against Collingwood. Yeah, he also played shit against Collingwood last year too. <laughs> he only got 44 last year against Collingwood. I just wanted a cheeky dig at Collingwood. And he actually kicked one behind against him last year too. He <laughs> oh. <laughs> kicked the one that mattered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the big game, the super coach relevant game, the Western Bulldogs versus the Gold Coast Suns. Going to state the obvious, Jackson McRae. 
VC choice. Pato, over to you. Just watch this space with this game. Hugh Greenwood tagged last weekend, and he might go to a Bulldogs mid, but I feel like he probably wouldn't go to McRae. He's probably going to go to Dunkley if he's going to go to a mid. Interesting to see what Stewie Jude does there. But if you've got either of them, you you could do worse than having a VC on Jackson McRae or Josh Dunkley. With the Suns, though, Jack Bowes. I like him as an option. Is that Marvel, so he's not worried about any of the wet. Should be able to get plenty off that half-back line at the Gold Coast Suns. Speaking of Huey Greenwood, the fact that you said he tagged last round and he got 155 super coach is fucking insane. Yeah, some players just suit the tag and, and do really well bouncing off guys because... The good midfielders are always at that right spot underneath the Ruckman's hands. And Hugh Greenwood isn't generally good at reading it off the Ruckman, but he's in the right spot because he's following the midfielders. So interesting one there. But yeah, Greenwood tagged Crips on the weekend. Still got 155 super coach, as you said. You're one of the 4,400 super coaches that own Adam Trelaw. He has been getting better and better each week. Now, the first couple of weeks, we were looking at Trelaw and it kind of looked like that the Bulldogs didn't know where to play him. Now he's settled. And since he's been settled, he's gone 108 and 118. So it won't surprise me if he goes big, especially if, let's say, Dunkley gets tagged, Trelaw gets off the reign. So if you're one of those coaches, just as a point of difference, chuck the VC on Trelaw and see how he goes. He might surprise you guys. He might go to Trelaw of old, slap out a 150, and then you're laughing. Yeah, Trelaw, we know he's capable of those really big scores. A couple of years ago against the Suns, he had 177 against them obviously while he was at the pies but we know he's capable of those really big scores big blockbuster game i'm going to call them the baby giants versus the baby swans because the giants like i said earlier had seven of their 22 had played 10 games or less on the weekend if they bring in maddie flynn that's going to then be eight of their 22 so this will be an interesting one against the baby swans you got a good mix of young and old against each of them so i'm going to start off with Lukey Parker, if you've got him, he's come off a massive 151. It's a grudge match between the Giants, Battle of the Bridge, back in Lukey Parker. Yeah, not a bad shout. I'll be boring as I am, usually am with this Swans games, but Jake Lloyd, great option if you've got him. Even Callum Mills against the baby midfield of the Giants could be a good option there. What about Toby Sun, the TFG, Toby fucking Green? Second game as captain this year. First game, he's going over 100. Won't surprise me if the man Kung Fu fights his way to a 130-plus. So if you've got Toby Green, there's another VC option for you. His, his tail's up and about. He's playing well as captain. Could could be worse. Well, touch on Josh Kelly. He could. This is one of those rounds where he can be a VC option because you've got Maxi going against the Hawks later on in the round or a Clayton Oliver later on in the round. So this is one of those rare opportunities where you could try and take a punt VC on, let's say, a Josh Kelly and hope that this is one of his games where he pumps out a 180. What do you reckon, Pato? Personally, I think there's better options because it would take Leon Cameron actually pulling his finger out of his ass and playing him where he fucking should be. But <laughs> Josh Kelly hopefully has one of those big games coming and it could be against the Swans. I'm going to I'm gonna actually – I'll do it right now. I will – for this podcast, put Josh Kelly as my VC this week over McRae and all them. I'll put Josh Kelly as VC against the Swans. I'll do it. I'm a man of my word. Yeah, let's hope he does well then. I won't VC him myself, but I'll take the big score if he scores big. Yeah, fair enough. Carlton versus Port Adelaide. Patrick Cripps just to rub it in your fucking face. 
Yeah, this is probably the week he goes 130-odd. He's looking good on the park. Uh, Port Adelaide don't tend to tag. I said that last week. So, uh, yeah, he's probably going to score big just to shove it in my face. Yeah, I reckon he will too. Who have you got, Pato? Are you going to go with Bokey? Yeah, Travis Boke's a really good option. He had a lowish score last week, but I think he'll be back to his best and have one of those really big scores again this week. Port Adelaide should win this game, and they'll probably win it by a bit more than they did last week against the Tigers. So, yeah, Boke's a great option. Moving on to Brisbane Lions versus Essendon. I'm going to go out and say, if you've got Jared Lyons, we talk about him the last few weeks. If you've got Jared Lyons, cheeky VC choice, fucking do it against Essendon. Yeah, I actually, if I'm looking for, at a Brisbane player, I don't mind the thought of Dane Sorko against the Bombers. I think he can look after his disposal. He's just got to avoid kicking it towards Jordan Ridley because he'll fucking cluck everything. But Zorko to have one of those 130 games, I've calling it now. Yeah, and their obvious choice, Jordan Ridley, is a VC choice for the Saturday. Any any left fielders out there besides Zorko there, Pato? No, nah, they're the three obvious ones to me. Lockie Neal's down in the dump, so I wouldn't be putting any VC or C on him if you still have him. Zorko, Lions, really, they're the three from this game. Move on to the Sunday's game. So this is where your captain choices come in. If you've got any loophole players, might be like a Cozzy, unless he's named... You can put him on your field, let's say, in defense, um, captain him. Hopefully he doesn't come back in for you, stuff like that. So we'll go on to Adelaide versus Fremantle. Obvious choice, and I never thought I'd say this as an obvious choice, but Tex Walker, if you've got him. Plug it on well. Um, I'm hoping he slows down, though, because I don't have him, and I'm kind of having Tex regret right now. I thought he'd have 10 against the Roos. Didn't quite get that much, but still turned up. So really hurts to see him doing so well as a non-owner, but he wouldn't be a bad VC or C option in this game. The other one I like from this game is Rory Laird. Freo don't tend to tag. So if he can get an up and about, he might be a decent VC option. I'm going to go off on the obvious as well and say Nat Fife. Fife is life. Fucking, if they keep tagging Brayshaw, then you're laughing because Ben Keyes is doing a pretty good job bouncing off players at the moment. So I won't say Andy Brayshaw. Left field one. Won't ever get tagged. Adam Chera. And there are a few coaches out there that have him. Could score a nice 120 to 140 potentially. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll throw Adam Chera out as a left field option there. Yeah, it wouldn't be for me if I owned him as a VC or C, but we talk about wheelbarrow nuts all the time. It would take some wheelbarrow size balls to do that and will not what will not take wheelbarrow size nuts is the next game which is the hawthorne versus melbourne the most amount of fucking obvious captain choices in the round and it happens to be on a sunday take it away pato yeah we don't even have to mention it really as soon as you talk about a melbourne game you talk about max gorn um i feel a bit sorry for clayton oliver because if he played on any other team he'd be a look at a vc or c every week but if you've got max gorn he's the one just a fucking champion Yep, yep. The other obvious one is Tommy Mitchell. Um, keeps slapping out high 30 disposal games. Should be scoring more, really. Here's a left fielder. Chang Goofjiaf. Big CJ. As a captain option. I know it sounds nuts, but the man, the man is beasting at the moment. And, I mean, you're going you're gonna to go Gorn or you're going to go Oliver, but... Like I said, we pride ourselves on doing left field choices for you guys out here. I wouldn't do CJ personally, but if he comes out with a monster score, I'll claim it. I mean, it's an interesting one. There won't be too many teams out there that don't have one of Gorn or Oliver, who I think are better options. But, I mean, yeah, CJ. 
it'd be interesting. If anyone does it, make sure you send us a screenshot. We'll send you a beer or something. Yeah, we'll go to the last game. You already know who the fuck I'm going to say for this one. Geelong versus North Melbourne. Like, fuck. Fuck, no. I'm going to say the fucking guff. You can't go past the guff. He hasn't dropped below 100 all season. He is beautifully, beautifully designed for the Supercoach game. And I just reckon that this is his year. It's kind of getting out of reach for me at the moment. I'm going to have to try and bring him in somehow. Yeah, interesting one. But uh, I looked at the guff, but I thought Ridley's probably a better option. Still scored 100, though, and just wanted to watch, though, because Patrick Dangerfield's back this week. And we'll touch on that after this round of captain's choices. Go on with another left fielder. If he take, keeps taking a lot of kick-ins, Mitchie Duncan. Yeah, probably better options in this game. We'll wait for Mitch Duncan to get right first, body-wise. But, I mean, this could be his big game. They are playing the Kangaroos. Would you do Jack Siebel, Pato? No, because I don't fucking have him. <laughs> would you, if you owned him, though, would you have the gonads to put the C on him? Absolutely not. Yeah, I couldn't fucking do it to myself. <laughs> the one week that you'd probably do it, he gets like a 20 and then gets injured or some shit. Yep, absolutely. That's the way Supercoach works, isn't it? Man's made of tissue paper. <laughs> so we'll go into some players that could be coming back this week, and we'll finish on that. Um, one of them you just mentioned was Paddy Dangerfield, Paddo. Take it away. Yeah, Paddy Dangerfield's back this week from his suspension. 611,000. I know there were plenty that would have held on to him, but if you're looking, if you've got an injury and you're looking to bring someone in, Patrick Dangerfield's back this week. So if you've got an Isaac Heaney or someone like that, and you've got the cash to upgrade. He should be back this week, fit and ready to go after a couple of weeks off. One not to hold on to and probably put onto your bench if you got him is Caleb Daniel. Obviously, he's got the one-week suspension, um, so you might want to have some defensive cover there, uh, but he will be going down in price a lot. I would hold him. You picked him for a reason. He'll probably come back and score okay after his suspension, but do expect that price to drop pretty quickly. Who is another one? It's a bit of a left fielder, Pado. Given the way that the key forwards are scoring and the more mobile key forwards are scoring, who's coming back and why should we keep an eye on them? Yeah, keep an eye on this one. I don't think he's going to come hit the ground running because he's missed a fair bit of time. But Jeremy Cameron at 388,000 as a forward, I think he'll kick plenty of goals in that Geelong team once they get up and going, but definitely want to keep an eye on. They might be one to, if he's on the waivers in your super coach draft, just to pick him up if you've got bench space. Maybe even bring him onto the field in your draft. Hold off in normal classic super coach, which we focus on. Uh, but yeah, he's given the way that the Tex has come alive, it would not surprise me if Jeremy Cameron, being more mobile than Tex, pushing up the ground, getting those kicks, and also coming in and slamming on goals, wouldn't surprise me if he does a Tex. Yeah, I actually had Jeremy Cameron in my team before he was injured. Um, I think Tom Hawkins will take the best defender, which Jeremy Cameron has had for however many years. So Jeremy Cameron will kick plenty of goals, I think. It's probably still an option to potentially win the Coleman, even though he's had three, uh, four weeks off. Yeah, and the other thing with Cameron too is if Hawkins is isolated in the 50, Cameron actually kicks a lot of his goals on the run from about 55 and from set shots at about 45 out. So if Hawkins is isolated in that forward 50 a bit more and Cameron is a lead up forward or pushes up the ground and even runs into the arc, he, he could slam on 10 goals in a game easy. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. But it also depends on Geelong not being old fucks and actually using the ball better. I mean, they can't have a full side of Cam Guthrie's. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> yeah, last one that is rumoured to be coming back this week, obviously debuting for his club, but Nakaya Cockatoo had some experience in that Geelong team. He's 123,000 forward in Supercoach, made the move up to the Lions, and he, there's rumours swirling that he may make his debut this weekend. So keep an eye on that one as a cash cow coming in. Same with Finlay McRae. There's also a few whispers that he might get picked this week. It's not a rumour swirling, though. It's just a quick assessment on the state of Collingwood and a like-for-like pick for Taylor Adams, who's going to be out for a while. So Finlay McRae is another one. But again, both of them, I'd wait till they're on the bubble, especially with Cockatoo, if he does play, because his body is also made of tissue paper. So he could hit one game, you bring him in, and then he breaks down in the second game. So just keep an eye on them, wait till they're on the bubble, and then strike. Once again, that's it from us on the Supercoach Co-Captains podcast. Now, you can catch us on our socials. We both have Twitter accounts. Mine is at DaneSCCC. Mine is at PaddoSCCC. So from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, this is Dano. And this is Paddo. Signing the fuck off.